Moon Poet here. Um, a couple of quick comments before we jump into this new episode. We have new audio equipment, so the quality of the audio changes a little bit throughout the episode as I'm trying to get used to keeping an eye on little knobs uh, while we record. So hopefully that gets better in the following episodes. Uh, also, a quick thank you to everyone who has either tweeted at us, sent us a email or something telling us how much they have liked the podcast. We talk more about it in the episode, but um, thank you so much for all of that support. Um, if you haven't left an iTunes review or something, please do. That is like really helpful for us. And if you want to send us an email, I can't promise we'll always get back to you. I'm not great with emails, but um, we read all of them. So, And the last little bit of note, um, we have new um, theme music. It is the song I Want to Kiss You by The Spook School, which is a British band um, that does like a lot of really cool music about uh being non-binary and dealing with uh just trans and sexualities and different queer issues so unfortunately they're they're gonna be going on their farewell tour very soon so keep an eye out on that if you want to do it and especially if you're in the uk i think they're only doing it in the uk but yeah um a quick thanks to them that uh, they were very supportive of us using their song for the podcast. So, well, yeah, that's it. Uh, let's jump in. the intro um we used to have those really dumb commercials and everything oh yeah <laughs> oh no we had like that no whole it was bit the, of the just the like the they them part no, not uh, yes that's like the intro music and all that shit yeah. but like no i'm talking about the when we would do the um uh, here, are, here are the blah 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 sounds of moon poet and whooping oh yeah yeah, 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 like yeah, yeah that we had just like yeah. Um, and we would change something in, in it every time. I don't remember. Yeah. I was very into Have we been uh, doing this for time. like three years? Yeah. Is this a, yeah. Because like. It's been a fucking minute. Yeah. A lot has it, changed. We look more similar now. <laughs> that's, that's true. Like we do look more similar to We look each like other. we belong in the same Wes Anderson movie. Oh yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, I did just get a haircut. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't just, notice. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, still, it's practically still the same length. <laughs> the only thing is cut the, like, uh, dead bits off. So. I bleached my hair a tiny bit. Mm. So it's not, like, yeah, black. I, it's, like, I could tell that it was ready a little, brown. Yeah. Um, I like it. 
Yeah, me too. It's been fun. Um, I like felt called out by that one episode of Queer Eye where the one lady had a bunch of Aquanet, and I like mm-hmm. was like, I need to calm down about the hair product. Yeah, because it's uh, like I have nice hair, and like it's falling out, and uh, yeah. it might as well be pretty. Well, you it might as be. well enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. I I had that same like realization this week, and that's why I was just like, Stephanie, cut my hair. Cut, cut a little bit of my hair. No, don't go crazy. Um, Stephanie, shave me bald. And I'm starting to condition. And um, Good, look yeah, at you. Yeah, I know. It's a big step Sorry, forward. I meant to not be patronizing. <laughs> I shouldn't like shame you for doing good yeah. things. This is a bad thing. So <laughs> I'll stop. <laughs> no, don't. No, no, no. It's I, good for your hair. It'll be all soft. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, like, I was getting tired of it being the way that like just like how i think honestly we were in walmart (laughs) this is not a great story (laughs) we were in walmart uh because stephanie was getting like something done to her car and um holmes step away um and this lady like sat next to me I, I was like on a bench and she, she, wa- it, it's one of those people that for sure wants to start a conversation with you. Uh-huh. And yeah. And I was reading uh-huh. a book. I was, I was like disengaged. I was trying to do my thing. And, um, she w- was really trying to start a conversation. She was just like, Oh, your hair's so nappy. And like, and like critiquing That's my how hair. You fucking- Great. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Social skills. Don't start yeah. with the bullying. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, she she did that, and then she criticized uh, Stephanie's hair. And, uh, yeah, it was not good all around. Not fun. Uh, Stephanie handled it like a champ <laughs> because she can do those type of uh, social interactions much better than I can. Uh, but I was, I was just – I disengaged so quickly. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, people and their opinions can uh, go suck a great big penis. <laughs> <laughs> I so really have, like, I, like, honestly, like, I don't think that I'm ever going to get my sense of ego back to a, like, palatable level ever mm. since working at the mall. I think I will always have a massively inflated ego because, oh, really? like, I just, like, people are so dumb yeah like i do not care for their opinions at all and uh, i care very much for mine and mine's very mean all the time so Mm -hmm. (laughs) i i I don't think being a teacher is great for (laughs) for for me in that same sense where like i'll be like oh man that's some really shit right No, you got to know your worth. Yeah, like, yeah. You have to, like, like honestly, I feel like going to art school was, like, the best thing mm-hmm. because then you get to see what everybody else does, and you're like, you know, I'm actually kind of good. Like, yeah. I'm actually kind of good. Yeah. And I think that's a very important thing to figure out mm-hmm. very early on that, like, nah, I'm good at this. Like, I got this. I have some actual talent. Yeah. Yeah. I, like... I'm going through, I'm I'm going to call it an artistic crisis <laughs> right now, Good. um, because I so I'm working on my manuscript to graduate from the MFA program and 
I hate it. <laughs> like, I hate, like, I look at it. I'm just like, this is bad. Don't ever want to look at it again. Want to delete it. And then I'll meet with my supervisor. And my supervisor's like, oh, man, this one's actually pretty good. And I'm like, I can we not? <laughs> like, can we not talk about this? Can we talk about anything else but this book? And I don't see that changing anytime soon um and it is very frustrating because i i want to make a good book like but (laughs) this is exactly what i've been telling my therapist i want to make a book that i'm very proud of and i don't give a shit if anyone else's does not like it and right now other people like it and i hate it Mm-hmm. So I I just don't know where to go from there. Yeah. Um. At this point, I think like in the end, it's a school project. Yeah. And it kind of just has to be done, and other people yeah. have to like it. Well, yeah. Like my supervisor even said he 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 was just like, it's done. Like technically, you're done with the program. You you wrote a manuscript. Uh, all you have to do is defend it. Like you're done the rest of this year is up to like whatever you want to make this so that is like it's nice in that respect um and he was just like we could work on multiple manuscripts and like think about that type of thing not necessarily think about it just as a school project and everything but yeah you're right it's i'm just making a a little clay volcano yeah to to show to a couple of people at the end of the year and as the late and great gabby dunn uh <laughs> she's not said, late <laughs> uh sometimes it doesn't need to be done it just it, yeah. it's, it doesn't need to be perfect it just needs mm-hmm. to be done. done yeah and like that's honestly carried me through most of my artistic everything it also like for me it, like it's really great that it's cooperative mm. because there is so like literally yeah, everything on your album yeah yeah um which we're about to release i'm so mm-hmm. excited you we're might like as well on. tell people uh the name of your band okay cool so. so um the band that i'm a part of it's um me Gemma allen and um elena and we're all pansexual and gemini are um gemini um uh. are uh <laughs> um both non-binary um and uh so uh we started this band in like the last last october cuz mm-hmm. we all worked at icing together and yeah. we hated it <laughs> and like is it was icing just kind of like officially dead or i don't no and i don't care yeah um okay. it's probably I, I still going to you still not gonna, caring, like, yeah. but like i haven't really been in the mall since mm-hmm. i like i just can't like i we okay i take that back we bought a bunch of shit from bath and body works the other day because like it smells so good yeah but um not spawn um and uh oh uh remind me to tell you someone uh sent us a thing to about a sponsorship nice okay that's important <laughs> and, and it's about a baby book nice. so uh yeah we'll we'll talk about i it hope later. it's summer oh uh, no it's not summer oh, damn it but. okay um yeah so uh, the three of us worked at Icing and uh, we hated it. And we all just kept talking about like how like we have similar backgrounds. Like mm-hmm. we both like all three of us had like um, 
were like super religious growing up and it like did not work out for us yeah. like at all and uh we all had a bunch of like classical music training and we loved like rock bands like mm-hmm. Fleetwood Mac and like like witchy witchy rock um and the more that we talked about it, it was like why why haven't we started a band let's like play together um so we started doing like on sundays um just like uploading covers um live and yeah. eventually we figured out that like that was it just like it's really it looked really shitty so like we were like we can do better than this so then we started doing like recordings the recordings like the covers that you guys have done like i've liked pretty much every one of them good which which uh it, it's also to say like your your type of music the type of music that you're into is very different from mine <laughs> so so like yeah <laughs> yeah my like we literally sat down yesterday with like nine tracks plus two bonus tracks mm-hmm. that are like the album plus two more bonus tracks and we don't really know if we're gonna like release the bonus tracks like before or after yeah um and but we're like done like that's really like cool. we are sending them off to get them e-master because we're poor yeah um and uh that way you can like have the songs in a playlist and it won't sound like super weird or like the like i it just like i don't want to spend 15 hours listening to the same song yeah. over and over again which is what it takes in order to master a song mm-hmm. um and i'm already fucking sick of the sound of my voice um so uh yeah so that's pretty much done we have to do the cover art which you already know what we're going to do it's going to be super simple i don't um, think you've said the name of the band yet. oh the name of the band is the killer coven um at the killer coven band i think on instagram um it's the killer coven yeah um but uh yeah uh so we have been doing like kind of 70s inspired witch rock yeah like we're trying to bring witch rock to right now yeah um and the two of them are actual witches i'm just a pretend one um i am a satanist but not a witch um but uh yeah uh so it's been really really fun we're like we're like done and like literally the the like we met yesterday yes mm-hmm. uh we met yesterday um at yesterday Coffee, the was same, Sunday. So. yeah <laughs> the same cafe where we like started out like talking about like the concept album because it's a concept yeah. album basically mm. this person goes crazy and goes to hell i did um, not know that it was a concept album it's a concept really album cool. we have each of the songs is based off of a different tarot card even the bonus tracks mm. are so the cover is going to be just like a white background with the spread of the different cards uh kind of 21 pilots like, yeah with the thing uh like just a spread of the cards in an arc um, with the hands of fate in the middle and the hands of fate is the um, title of the album mm. and we felt like that was a very good way of like what the title was yeah. gonna be like we we thought about like putting in like because we have our own working titles for mm-hmm. them because it's hard to remember like the tower is the bop uh like whatever mm-hmm. so like we have our own working um titles for them that are like the actual lyrics of the um song and we thought about putting in like the actual lyrics of the song in parentheses but we were like we don't have a label we really don't have to like do anything capitalist yeah. with this. We literally just want to make it as like artistic and like cool as possible. And to me, it kind of ruins the, um, the look of it when you have something else in parentheses afterwards. So unless mm. somebody who's paying us a lot of money wants us to put out over there, then I think we're just going to keep the titles as like the cards. Yeah. Cause to me, like when, like, I don't know what any of the cards mean. Nobody does unless you're like a professional, um and you can look them up and see a little bit more of the meaning mm-hmm. of like what the song is about 
I know, uh, like, Stephanie's been reading what is considered to be the Bible of uh, Ontario. Uh, it has, like, it talks about the history of each card, like, very intensely. And uh, it's really interesting. Like, yeah. the, how, like, all the different decks have have sprung out of history um especially like the middle ages dealing with a lot of that but yeah i feel like i did not realize how complex any of this was it is really complex and it's so cool Uh um but yeah uh it was kind of a like way to say like this is a story but not really make it that Mm. much of a story yeah um hopefully if we get a little bit connected but yeah loosely so yeah yeah um there's also a definite like running themes of Mm -hmm. like all of us had very bad experiences with christianity so a lot of is like like the main single of the song is like the working title is not even heaven can stop me now Mm. and it's kind of a um it's a very it's very stadium rocky yeah like kind of black sabbath the title has like a little ezra Furman. yeah like yeah yeah precisely um and uh <clears throat> it's that kind of like defiant like it it's about kind of really allowing yourself Holmes come come here yeah <laughs> okay you were saying um it's a lot a, a lot about like pursuing freedom and free will mm-hmm. um that's basically the theme of the album throughout that kind of ties it together. And musically it's kind of seventies Fleetwood Mackie rock. Yeah. Um, you said like there, there were quite a few differences between like different songs, right? As far as, uh, yeah. Um, like the first and last I'm song. I'm just are... describing what a fucking album is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, um, the first and last song and there's a middle, like little bitty, um, interlude um are choral pieces because all of mm, us like fucking yeah. love choir pieces and are really good at writing cho- choral pieces um so like that was really our strength like to us like yes yesterday when we were coming down to the album with a little details like we were just like everything was just like needs a little bit more echo needs more choral parts mm. like that was our thing like that's like it's almost become like ridiculous at this point because that's what we do to everything is like more echo more choir yeah um and uh I don't know. It just, it works really well together and we've kind of learned to blend our voices to each other, mm-hmm. um, which was That's a very good. interesting yeah. process. Um, cause we have very different like voices. Um, but yeah, no, uh, one of the songs that Elena wrote is very like Alanis Morissette, PJ Harvey. Um, there's one song that, uh, I think Gemma wrote that is, um, very like, um, kind of like Dodie Clark, like ukulele, mm. like yeah. YouTuber um, music. I don't yeah. know how else to describe it. Um, and uh, then we have choral pieces. We have one that's kind of Phil Collins' Tarzan. Mm-hmm. It's a second track oh, off the cool. album. And then we have a bunch of like um, Stadium Rocky, Black Sabbath, um, uh, definitely White, white Stripes. Uh, yeah guitar moment that does not surprise me no um, fucking god jack white (laughs) um and uh yeah no it's it's been really fun um 
it's been a lot of work, but I'm very like that was a very long way of saying that I'm very glad to have had Gemma with me because yeah. I would have deleted most of that because yeah. I hated it. And it kind of felt nice to have that immediate, like somebody else being like, I like it. And I'm like, I believe you. Or and like, I'll trust you. I and then like a couple of months li- later, I come back and it's like, oh, that was actually really good. Yeah. I think like the difference with working on this manuscript is uh, I do have someone kind of there, but they're they're different forms of collaborating is isn't the same so it's not like together we're writing something it's more just like i write something then i show it to these people and then they tell me what they think and then i go back and by myself and i write some more and though like technically you would think that would be the dream like you you'd think as a writer that'd be amazing to to just kind of have the time to do this and so on and a lot of people don't get uh the time and money to do this so like I'm really lucky to be able to work on this but I also know that what I'm gonna finish is not gonna be my first book like I I know for sure like it is not going to be the the thing that people will know me for so um yeah i just i'm i think i'm getting tired of of the whole like being by myself and writing thing um and especially in the third year of this particular program uh it does not make it easier to be with other people because the third year of the program you essentially don't take any classes and you essentially don't have to see anyone if you don't want to. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. No. There's only a certain, like, <clears throat> yeah. There's a part of me that really likes, because, like, when, when you're doing things by yourself, you can kind of do a little bit weirder stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like everything that's done collaborative is kind of a little bit more mellowed out. Yeah. Just by but default. Yeah, you're but kind that's... Of um that's like compromise yeah like i feel like you can be a lot weirder with solo shit yeah um which is why it's fun but like after a while like i like i wrote a couple of songs off actually the two bonus tracks like by myself and to me they kind of lack a little bit of that heart that Mm -hmm. like um i don't have yeah um so it's it's when does something go from being of yourself maybe a little bit weirder to uh, self-indulgent like to a point where it's just like jerking itself off yeah it's also a lack of memories i feel because like to me when i write a song by myself i'm in my room all day Mm, with my guitar and a microphone and that's all that i do and that's all that i see whereas like the songs that we like the the main the main track which is the one that i'm the most proud of um <clears throat> it's the third track on the album i don't remember what the actual card is this is going to be the problem i it's going to take a while to memorize them um but uh to me that song was like where we collaborated the best mm-hmm. where we kind of found our stride in how we collaborate which like to me was like um i had this guitar riff that i had written years ago 
um, and I loved and was super, super possessive of. Yeah. Um, and had been wanting to write this like stadium rock song since forever. Um, and I played it for them, um, meaning for me, like for me to write the rest of the song. Mm. And then I came back and Jem was just like, Hey, I wrote a song for that riff. And it was like a moment of like, uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Fine. Okay. What was the song? And then she, uh, they like sang the song for me. And, uh, I was like, that's really good. Actually. I really (laughs) love that. Yeah. Um, uh, and then I just kind of assumed that I was going to be the one that was going to sing it mm-hmm. because it was my riff. But like for them, like they'd written it and they were super possessive yeah. of the lyrics and really wanted to sing it. And I really wanted to sing because I was super possessive of that riff. So what we ended up doing was I sang the first verse and then they sang the second verse. Mm. Um, and it kind of like to me, like it shows exactly what we're good at. Um, That's because really cool. the way that it's recorded in the like my verse is just me one take mm-hmm. um by myself well it's not one take it's lots of takes spliced up because i suck as a singer <laughs> um and uh but like it, it, it's just, it's one track of yeah. me singing um and uh like maybe like a tiny little bit of harmony um but like just really kind of like um emotive one track mm-hmm. And for Gemma, it's this beautiful choral piece um, mm. where it's all kind of like doubled up and spread out and really ethereal and beautiful. So like for mine, it kind of sounds like Satan singing. Um, and for um, Gems, it's this beautiful, like ethereal, like fairy choir. So like, it's essentially a duet, but like. Yeah. 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 And I loved that. Like to me, like it would like that, like us having our own very clear like images of what this song needed mm-hmm. to be made for a very interesting track that I feel like really shows what we had to offer as human beings to rock music. Yeah. Um, and it was really cool. And like Elena, I think was the one that wrote the lyrics and Elena is a beautiful lyricist. I can't write lyrics for shit. Um, and you wrote uh, a lot of good songs about tr- like <laughs> wanting to hit people with your car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was there. Yeah. <laughs> My lyrics are predictable. Um, and uh, I don't know. It was just, it was really, really beautiful. And like, um, it also musically, it, there's uh, like heavily featured guitar and mm-hmm. heavily featured bass segment and heavily featured, which is Elena. Um, and uh, then like, uh, like not a like super heavily featured like piano part, but there's a piano part. And to me, that kind of was like showing like what each of us is good at yeah um and it was just really really fun so to me like i have so many memories about like being like done with that song like like what like being super hopeful of what the song was going to be and then like being like disappointed that i couldn't write it but then like seeing that like what somebody else wrote was beautiful and like Mm -hmm. i should have trusted them in the first place and then being defensive of like wanting to sing it and then realizing that we could both sing it at the same time and both kind of like get what we wanted out of the song yeah um, and then like, um, re-recording certain things and cutting out parts and putting in parts and all of us like coming back from work. And cause we did this like, wait, well, well we, like usually after we'd have a long shift at the mall mm-hmm. and like hated our lives and had nothing else to give like zero spoons. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it was like, sometimes it's hard and sometimes you like 
you have one session where it's like super, super easy and everything flows and you love everything and you feel like a genius. And then the next session where you're just like, I think the band's going to break up. I think this is going to suck. I can't do this. Like emotionally, I feel compromised like, or I like, uh, I suck at this and I'm not good at this. And like, I have so many memories in making just that one song Yeah, that like, to me, that song means so much more than any of the songs that I ever did just like by myself in a room. Mm Mm-hmm. So to me, that is the, like, I, like, I wouldn't trade that for anything. Like, I learned so much as a person um, to, like, kind of put my ego in check and yeah. to, like, learn how to sound like I'm having fun even if I'm not having fun and learn how to, um, like, record other people's voices and record their thing and, like, help other people their with idea. their dreams because yeah. other people have dreams, too, and that's super cool when you can mm-hmm. be the medium through which they can, like really let themselves shine yeah and i think Um, that's why like a lot of musicians at some point uh like start producing for other bands and everything because because that way you you are doing that and you don't really have a stake in the songs as far as like maybe like the lyrics and so on but you you do have stakes in like what it sounds like and how to get there uh idea off the ground yeah it's kind of learning how to make other people shine Mm -hmm. the best that they can and trying to bring the best out of other people well and i love that i think it's like um like having a friend and you want to introduce that friend to your like main group of friends but you want them to see the person they are like when you two are alone not the person that that per that that friend might be when they're like in public trying to perform or yeah. so on so like yeah yeah especially with introverts that's a big thing mm-hmm. yeah like it's so hard to like like just with with singing for example um i remember reading uh the producer for i think it was uh i think it was slayer or something like that like would make the lead singer um or slipknot or something like that. i don't know would make him like run a lap around this like around the like block outside mm-hmm. um and like come back to try to get that energy that he would have when he was in um like concert and for me that like like I, I kept recording and I was like, it doesn't sound like I'm having fun. It doesn't mm-hmm. sound like I'm putting much energy into this. I sound so lethargic and like I'm hitting the notes, but it sounds so boring. And I like, I remember that and that like my um, music tutor, Jackie told me that if I ever wanted to feel what it was going to feel like in concert mm-hmm. when I was nervous that I needed to do like 25 jumping jacks the fastest that I possibly could mm. right there and then do that so i started doing like this now it's become kind of a pre-show ritual um i haven't really done it that much around geminalina because i'm embarrassed but like um whenever i record stuff by myself i kind of do 25 jumping jacks like really really fast um or as fast as i can um and uh like then try to sing afterwards because it kind of puts a little bit more of that like tired like energy yeah. into it Um, and then, so like, I found out that that works for me and that's how I need to record if I'm doing like a big stadium rock number. Mm -hmm. Um, and then like, um, Elena, uh, was having a lot of trouble, 
um, like hitting the notes or figuring out how um, the rhythm was going or stuff like that. And um, I kind of like, I'm so sorry, Elena, if you're listening to this, kind of assumed that she couldn't sing. Mm. Um, and then like yesterday, like she showed Gemini this song like that um it's the second or third to last off the album i don't know um but like pj harvey like um uh like alanis morissette yeah she can really sing she just needs to be by herself yeah she's a massive massive introvert um and elena we kind of figured out how Gemma, sorry we kind of figured out how to make their voice a little like what kind of settings need to be on um, on the computer in order for it to work out? Mm. Like it, it yeah. like the dance mic with the this amount of reverb with this amount of echo makes Gem's voice sound like angelic, mm-hmm. um, and it's been really fun figuring out how to get the best performance out of each of us. And like for each of us, it's been like. There have been moments where we just like look at each other and it's just like, I had no idea that you could do that. And then they look at themselves and they're like, I have no idea. I had no idea that I could do that. And like, it's, it's so much fun trying to like coax the best out of other people. Yeah. I, I think like the closest to that feeling that I've had recently was, um, last semester for our workshop, we had to come up with a bunch of different prompts for our partner for our writing partner and um i came up with uh, around a hundred i think for for my partner uh my partner came up with about 15 or so we only needed seven (laughs) and i of course uh was very extra about it um it's just like I started working on it and I was like, I want this to be the only thing I do. (laughs) Like, I just want to come up with a book of props for people. Um, But you're going now. Yeah. Um, But it was really interesting, like seeing the, the way that like, I guess poets and writers sometimes collaborate is that where you're just like here try to do this thing and do it your way and then that like the the poems that came out of the prompts that I gave I could never have expected like um and I remember one of the prompts that I was given I I wrote something and brought it into workshop and the someone was just like you wrote like this is one of the poems that you wrote in one day right and I was like yeah and that person was just like I could not like I can't imagine that it's this good um with only having been worked that little amount of time uh jokes on that person all of my poems are done that way so Very few of my poems go through, like, a hard process of multiple, like, writing sessions. But, uh, yeah, I just, I I feel like I want to work with someone. I, I want to collaborate, but the, I I don't know. I feel like. I'm getting tired of hearing myself. So like 
I'll I'll read the poems and I'll be just like, God damn it, have this person shut up for a second because like, it's not that they're bad, but it's just like, it it gets on my nerves and I don't know how much that is just like my mental state right now, uh, and how much that is the actual quality of of the poems. Um, I remember the the person uh the first reader of mine he he read the book and he was like the really interesting thing about this manuscript is um you teach you teach the reader how to read your poems so like you slowly introduce the reader to to the rhythm that you have within the poems and i'm really happy that like that can be portrayed um but I have no fucking idea how I did that like I I was just like I like this poem I I, this poem has a better word than this poem I'll put it in front of it (laughs) so I don't know um I'm excited to hear the album and like uh give you my honest feedback about it I'm excited for other people to hear the songs we've been working on I like, yeah, I'm excited to read your manuscript. I know that you're probably going to hate it, but I'm probably going to love it. I, I will, uh, I would like, my idea is most likely by November, December, I want to have a version of the manuscript that I can send to people. So you'll get a copy and then I'll have a couple of other people in mind. Um, and I want to see, like, I want to really hear the feedback because something that I've been more and more interested in uh, since doing the MFA is this whole idea of just, like, a lot of MFA poets and a lot of poets write for other poets, write for people who, like, if you mention Pablo Neruda in a poem, they know they they get the illusion or or whatever and they're just like oh how clever ha ha ha, ha. or whatever bullshit and art. and yeah and i i just want a to write a manuscript that like still is me but also like i don't know someone might have it on the floor of their apartment and uh, the person house sitting will just like pick it up and they've maybe read like the poems in their high school or whatever. And then they read that and they're just like, oh, I kind of get these like, or yeah. like I can get some enjoyment from these. Yeah. So you want like your book of poetry to be in the back of like a sitcom as a yeah. way of like most people being able to know what kind of person this is. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 No. So yeah. so like you'll you'll see a bunch of like different band posters and then yeah. my my book yeah. in the background. Also, uh, it'll be the infinite jest. Of, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh. My character boy. building. I didn't mean to insult you by that. No, but no, like, no, no. You see infinite jest yeah. in a sitcom and, and you're you know like exactly, I know exactly yeah. who this yeah. character is. Like, yeah. yeah. I that's the dream. Yeah, I I would love that. That would that would be uh, if I ever saw that. I, that's it. That's yeah. the end of my career. <laughs> yeah. 
it um it reminds me of just like i once watched the, that really shitty um uh morrissey biopic and uh yeah and it has it has that like thing where it'll be just like oh he's reading catcher in the rye and he's reading like these <laughs> these books that make him so smart and oh oh so you mean like every other goddamn fucking sixth grader that's i read know <laughs> jesus yeah i that that movie was a piece of bullshit that but, sounds terrible yeah uh idols yeah oh my god like i love jack white but like if i had to watch a documentary of like only things that jack white says oh like i think i might shit a brick yeah like, it's just like um, shut the fuck one up. one of the uh like i came up with a bunch of titles for my manuscript i i still don't know exactly what i want it to be but like one of the possible ones that i kind of wrote as a joke was me and morrissey um fist fist fight uh in hell or something like that like making fun of the lone ranger and i uh yeah. fist fighting in heaven um yeah i but also alexa shermy is that who wrote it who wrote that book anyway also alexi sherman i don't know whoever wrote the book that i just mentioned uh supposedly not a great person either so so just a bunch of not great people it happens. in that in that one reference. Your faves are problematic. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It sucks having idols, and you're just like, mm. maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's a character building thing that you're like, my idol is kind of a shitty person sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I, it's character building. I um. I recently saw that movie yesterday. Have you heard about it? Yeah, the one where like everybody forgets the Beatles. Yeah, and, yeah, and only like this one guy remembers who the Beatles are and everything. Uh, I of course like was gonna love this movie. Uh, because like I I love me a good jukebox musical and especially a Beatles Don't. jukebox musical. Um, but the the really funny joke about this movie is. Like, there's this really good... Oh, honestly, like, uh, what's his face? Um, the British ginger dude, uh, musician. Tom York? No. The, the, the one that was in Game of Thrones recently. Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran plays a character in this movie. He plays himself in this movie. But uh, he does it, uh, like... Honestly, like, he kind of killed it. Like, he kind of killed doing, like, his version of himself. Uh, and uh, Kate McKinnon is also in the movie. Love so, her. yeah. Uh, we stand. Top notch. Um, but a really good joke in that movie is uh, the guy realizes the Beatles don't exist. And then he goes through a list of, of important people in his mind uh and googles them to make sure that they exist and the first one uh i think it's the first one that he googles is childish gambino <laughs> <laughs> and as soon as uh childish gambino pops up he's like oh thank god <laughs> that's funny yeah i love that yeah yeah i don't know i just like haven't been to the movies in forever 
Yeah, that's okay. like the first movie I've like I've seen in a movie theater for a very long time. I, I recently the Spider Verse, fucking loved it. You finally saw absolutely it? amazing. Thank God, it was so good. Like the thing is that like sometimes the movies that Twitter loves, I'm just like you're not what into. The fuck was that? Um, what yeah. was it? There was one recently that I was just like. I don't know. Twitter was obsessed with. I thought it was garbage. Um, what type of movie was it? Do I don't you remember? Know. It doesn't really matter. Let's move on. Okay. Um, if I think about it later, yeah. it'll be a great joke. But you were um, saying about uh, Into the Spider-Verse. It was so good. Mm-hmm. It was so cute. It was so charming. It was. Isn't like, it kind of so the perfect well Spider-Man movie? Yeah. No. It like it was so self-aware and like just beautifully animated mm. and the music was amazing they had like, to uh, cr- like they made up a new version of animation for that movie yeah like they they they're fucking patenting the the version of like animation that they did good so. like with animation like it's fucking limitless we should be pushing it more than just the same fucking frozen animation oh always. yeah fucking hate frozen anyway and like the um, same Pixar like uh, face face and yeah, stuff. Yeah, you where can literally do anything. Yeah, literally do anything. Like why, why capitalism this way? Anyway, yeah. but yeah, but uh, it was a joy. Was like, there was anything in particular that like you you loved from it? Because if I were to uh, do a list, it'd be everything. So. John Mulaney. John Mulaney was good, yeah. Um, Spider-Gwen was so much fun to see. Like, I was just like, oh, yeah, yes, Spider-Gwen's in a uh, movie. Uh. I just felt good, like, I don't know. Like, seeing Spider-Gwen in a movie yeah. was so like, good. I think um, the fact that, like, you see miles talking to his mom in spanish even though it might yeah. not be the best spanish and so on and then i, I don't know they're like i yeah. felt i felt so seen even yeah. even just like for a second and it's not like that. that stupid riverdale spanish where all of they no. do is talk in english and say mijo mijo yeah mijo. yeah really? yeah yeah like nobody says mija like that <laughs> that <often>. many times <laughs> like oh no there's an interview with the dude um, I saw this recently, an interview Which with a dude, dude who plays the dad. Oh. Um, the one that says Miha all in, the time. In and he's just like making fun of the writers, just like nobody says Miha that much. Yeah. It was so funny. That and I was like, hilarious. oh my God, I'm so glad that it's, he knows that it's terrible. The thing is, that show uh, created by a Latinx person. I don't understand. Who the fuck yeah. says Miha that much? Yeah, I don't know. Um, Weird. Also, same needs to be same more guy Hispanic. who created uh, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. I can definitely tell, and I loved it. And the thing is that, like, like I did love Riverdale. I think it works way better for Sabrina than it does for Riverdale. Yeah, like to me, Sabrina had so much satanic shit that I was mm-hmm. like so into it. Like, it still is very much confusing Satanism with Christianity. Oh, and, like, for sure. The, the the thing that they think is Satanism is actually Christianity. Yeah. Um, but aesthetically. Amazing. So like good. the music Sabrina, that they choose for Yes. Uh, um yeah, Sabrina the moment where she becomes like the dark messiah. Mm-hmm. Like uh yeah. oh my god. I like so I good. do not understand why people did not like season two. Like to me, season one was like a little cringe. A little cringe. Yeah. And then like season, season two one's was like hard to get through. Yeah. Like I watched the first three episodes and I th- for sure thought that I had seen the whole season. <laughs> like <laughs> I was just like these first three episodes felt like I'd been here for 10 hours. Yeah. Like um, 
but season two was really yeah. solid. There's also like Aunt Hilda and like the, the ants. Like yeah, they just like they fucking make the show. Yeah, like, I I think like the thing that bothers me is Aunt Zelda. And it's mostly because when I watch Aunt Zelda and they say Aunt Zelda and so on, I like it frustrates me how ba- like not bad of a person, but like how kind of cruel she can be at, at points and stuff. And it it's in those moments when they say her name or whatever that I that I like really miss the sitcom. <laughs> like I really miss the, the like, uh, Melissa. Uh, yes. yeah. 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 The, the old sitcom version of Sabrina. Yeah. I like, no one's going to replace Salem yeah. in the old sitcom. Oh, when, when, when I found out that Salem does not talk and the oh, yeah, no, I was Sabrina, heartbroken. I, I was heartbroken. That I was, was like, like the oh reason why I didn't watch it for the longest time. The, yeah, me too. That, that honestly yeah. was the thing. Uh, I had to have so many friends be like, watch Sa- Sabrina, watch yeah. Sabrina before I finally started watching. And I was just like, you know, this is good. I Salem, um, in the fucking sitcom, uh, one of the first, uh, okay. Not openly pansexual characters, but, uh, like, pansexual characters in a sitcom (laughs) like uh if you go back and watch like some particular episodes and so on he he talks about having relationships with a bunch of different types of people and so on which is uh really cool but it also get you have to throw in the fact that uh he be he was turned into a cat because he was he was trying to be like the wizard version of Hitler. So <laughs> maybe not like the genocide aspect, but he wanted to take over the world. So I mean, Grindelwald. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. It's like a good fucking show. I loved it. River. I honestly, genuinely enjoyed Riverdale for a while too. Yeah. Riverdale like, for me is like chips. Like. You you know that it's bad for you, you know, like the grease is gonna clog up your arteries, but like goddamn goth uh, Cole Sprouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every minute. <laughs> every minute he's that. on screen, I'm like so into yeah. him. I'm just like oh, always thank God. Thank God for Cole Sprouse. He just like he has this like look he in his eyes kills that he's like, too. Yeah, I know. He has this look in his eyes. It's just like, I know how shitty this line is, but you know that I'm smarter yeah. than this. Oh and my like, God. Um, it just, it gets you every time where you're like, Ugh. <laughs> so, so uh, talking about shitty lines, uh, I, when we were at the movie theater, there was a trailer for a Will Smith movie where people get cloned or whatever. And um, which one? I, I don't fucking know, but Will Smith literally says the line, you made a person out of another person. <laughs> and I was like, yes, Will, that's how you make people. <laughs> and he was saying that to a scientist, and I was like, oh, this is what movies are now. Like this dude gets off on little girls with pigtails. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> totally that. <laughs> yeah, Ice, uh, he's a pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah yeah it's uh, it like oh man smith no the the thing is like yeah the difference is cole sprouse like can can pull it off and like he knows that it's a bad line uh will smith is no will smith is just like this is a line i shall say it for my money (laughs) yeah 
I still can't like I still haven't watched the new Aladdin movie because of the line. Oh my god! Uh, like in the trailer where, um, I think the genie says like I don't know. He just says something really Will Smithy, and I'm like, that was written for you. Yeah, I hate it. <laughs> I like I don't know all the new live action Disney movies. I don't I don't give a shit about. Like there's nothing interesting about them to me because if I wanted to see those movies, I would just go back and see them in cartoon form. Um, though, um, like, you know how they made the Lion King and so on. I really want them to make Lion King one and a half. <laughs> Live action with like a super realistic yeah. Timon and Pumbaa oh trying God. to deliver funny lines, yeah. but like with faces that have no expression. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want that so, so yeah. much. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, Linking one and a half was like amazing. Yeah, yeah. So like, Linking two was amazing. Kobu is the reason that I look the way that I do to okay. this day. Yes, that that totally makes sense. Um, I don't think Lion King two's story is no, like it's terrible. Yeah, it's not great. But Lion King one and a half, I like still hold up is one of the the best if not the best like sequel to one of those original like uh like big um yeah big disney movies because like they they knew what they were doing like they knew it was a joke they knew it was kind of like uh mystery science theater 3000 yeah. plus like um a little bit more backstory behind Timon and Pumbaa and like, yeah, I just, I don't know. I fucking like it because they, they, they put their money where their mouth is with yeah. it. So. Yeah. That was awesome. Mm -hmm. Ah, fond childhood memories. But, um, another thing about into the spider verse is, um, I just like I very much appreciate the way that they have the dad be as loving to Miles as he is um and publicly like the fact that the father says I love you and expects and I love you back and so on like the yeah. the fact that he oh, that conversation through the door yeah heartbreaking yeah like it is it's very few times where we get a father character doing something like yeah. that. A father character admitting that his son needs to be loved on his son's terms. Mm -hmm. Like that was so unusual. Yeah. I loved it. I like, I just like, I cried like a fucking baby. Like it was mm -hmm. so cute and so heartbreaking. And like the whole time I was just like thinking like, how did they think of like, how did this plot come about? Yeah. Cause like, it has nothing to do with the into the spider verse, uh, comics. Yeah. Uh, do you know yeah. what the plot for the comics was? Okay. Here, here's a quick synopsis. There is a family of interdimensional vampires who love to eat spider people. And they create a way to go to the different uh, universes and find these spider people and eat them. And um, 
like one or two of the spider people realize what's going on and they meet they team up with all the different spider people and they're just like we gotta beat this 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 motherfucking like big family of vampires and that's it like that that's spider-man yeah and it's it's not bad for for comic but like i'm so happy that they did not do that for the movie nope um, Though yeah. I I do really want them in the sequel to have uh, Spider Man and yeah. uh, Punk Spider Man. Yes, like Spider Punk. Uh, yeah. Um, no, like to me, like that, like the fact that like the two, like that the, the subplot of like the fatherly love came at the perfect time of like Miles Morales being like tied up. Mm-hmm. Um, in a room which was part of the bigger like part of him like becoming like a true spider-man yeah. or whatever like like that timing to me like i was just like how did they think of this how yeah. did they come up it with is this? perfect it's so good like it, it's so organic and mm-hmm. so like intrinsically woven together that you're like like which came first like the hen or the egg or yeah. like, like it's it's so it's just such clever writing where where you can like I have no idea how they came up with this. Yeah. Like that's the best kind of writing. Yeah. It's something that I would have never expected. Yeah. Going into that movie. Um, I, it wasn't like I, like I had some expectations for it, but I didn't expect it to be so good. Like so well done. Um, and I, have been one of those people that like preach the gospel of uh into the spider verse because i i honestly think that if you ever watched a spider-man movie and you were disappointed which many of us were um the this makes up for some of that so yeah it kind of like to me, it's very amazing how much emotional depth has been able to been put into Spider Man, who is such a dumb superhero. Like I, like, I disagree, but mostly it's the costume. It's like Magneto's original purple and red costume. It was mm, fucking dumb. Yeah. It needed to go. I'm so glad that they did the whole grim dark thing. Um, I don't like because I, the cool thing about Spider Man to me is literally what they did in the movie, which is. Spider-Man or Spider-Person could be anyone. So, like, it doesn't matter what you look like, who you are. You could, you could, in some ways, like, have that power. You could in affect the world around you for good. Um, and you don't really see that with Batman. Like, Batman, you have to be a rich guy. You have to have, like, a rich family. You have to... Yeah, like, there's so many have-tos to to do that. Yes, for Spider-Man, you have to get bitten by a radioactive spider, blah, blah, blah. But you know what I mean. Like, like you, if I tell you the main plot of Spider-Man and told you it was just a kid from the Bronx, it it could be any, like, any uh, ethnicity, any gender. It doesn't have to be anything. While if I tell you the plot of Batman, it has to be a white guy practically. Yeah. And especially for the time period that it was made. That's true. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Which which uh which superhero do you think is uh the least stupid then? 
I really love superheroes. Um, I like. I was obsessed with Cyclops as a kid, which mm. is a problem because he is such a dick always. Um, and I don't <laughs> think that I realized that until I became a dick after yeah. trying to be him. Um, and then it was too late. And now the personality is permanent. Um, <laughs> it's stuck. Uh, I loved Angel uh, mm. mostly because he's just what a fucking giant boner. Like he like. Yeah. So many muscles. Like the point of him was that he was like 0% body fat, mm-hmm. which is like a gay fucking like like whoever made that was like a little bit into dudes. Oh, for sure. Um and uh like I don't know, it was just he's so hot. Uh my favorite will always be Jean Grey. Mm-hmm. Like I like the Dark Phoenix saga is done to death. I get it. I get it. I get it. But like it like it's so cool mm-hmm. like it's one of those moments where um like there was like emotional complexity in a person mm-hmm. um and uh, like so much sacrifice and like like it's like she's like the the black swan of um superheroes yeah um and also like i like i love like to me there is no superpower that's more appealing than telekinesis cuz i'm really fucking lazy and just want to like bring the pizza <laughs> to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and like as a kid, I was like that nerd who like refused to take off a lab coat for like a week because I, I like totally get was jilted by the girl that I loved. Um, and uh, like I would like be in the like hallways trying to like open up my locker telekinetically. Um, and then realized that there were cameras everywhere because we they're school. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. For me, it was always uh, like the superpower I've always wanted is to stop time. So like some something really embarrassing in gym class happened, and I'd be like, "Stop time, <laughs> time stop, please. <laughs> like, let me get away from here real quick." I had lots of dreams of smashing people with buildings. Yeah, I. Know. Oh my god! And I'm not joking. The past ten days. Every night I have a nightmare about being back in high school and it is the worst fucking thing. Um, anyway, sorry. <laughs> Same actually. Really? Not every night, but like it's been kind of a running more theme. recently. Yeah. And like, I have like my personality now where I'm just like, mm. fucking Jesus. Yeah. Why? Um, and I wish that I could have, have had that personality when I was in high school, but I was trying too hard to be straight. Um, weren't we all yeah <laughs> weren't we all trying too hard to be Let straight people be dicks i would have been the bully um i kind of was the bully a little bit um that's what happens with queer people yeah you are the villain and also the victimized <laughs> yeah it it's just like you either uh die the hero <laughs> or become uh your worst nightmare yeah Get your head shoved in a toilet so you flood the whole school. I, I saw um I saw that uh it was a tweet or something which is uh queer culture is your parents having no idea who you are. <laughs> <laughs> and it's ooh, so true. <laughs> Poor mom. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's a big thing that's changed in the last like three years, my mm-hmm. relationship with my parents. Yeah, yeah. It's gotten yeah. way better from what it I can has. tell. It really, really has. Um, 
I don't know. I've kind of made a rule for myself because it's gotten better that I'm yeah, not really going to talk, talk about it on about the podcast. Them. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but it has gotten a lot better. Yeah. And I think it did me good to see the negative effect that me talking trash about my family had mm-hmm. on the relationship with them. Because, like, I don't know. I did bad. Yeah. Um, and uh, people are complex. So... Yeah. Yeah. What I'm going to say about the relationship with my family is uh, uh, they come up quite often in my therapy sessions. So <laughs> that is all uh, I'm going to say right now about it. But uh, your yeah. dad comes it, up frequently in my therapy sessions. Ooh, I hope so. And <laughs> and in those nightmares. <laughs> uh, Dr. Maldonado. Ooh, hello. <laughs> I am here to teach you my mustache um yeah i so something else because god damn this uh, this podcast is called the they them podcast i assume we gotta talk about gender for a second oh yeah <laughs> i'm like cis now <laughs> <laughs> fuck okay um thank you for listening it is the Goodbye. they he podcast we're leaving <laughs> All we have to do is oh, erase man. a couple of like letters and we should be good to yeah, go. Yeah, but I got to change the Twitter and everything. Ugh. That's so difficult. I okay. should just like use they let- pronouns just for convenience. <laughs> Let's let me be honest. I was recently thinking I was just like, uh, what if I can never tie down Antonio for ever an episode of this podcast? And I was just like, ah, but I want to keep it going. Maybe I can convince Al to do it with me and just call it the They He Podcast. <laughs> because, like, whenever people talk about our podcast, uh, they uh, mention uh, that episode with you and Al a lot. So I think Al could safely be a part of the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's if he just weren't trans. moving to, like, Spain or something. Yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I thought about that too. No, I like <laughs> about spinning off into your own podcast with Al. <laughs> no, I don't think I could ever run a podcast on my own. Yeah. Um, and look at me. I'm trying to start up uh, another one. I so. know. I'm super excited for it. Yeah. Like, honestly, like I did the music. I'll, I'll talk more about it later. But yeah, once it's officially out, because yeah. like I'm still working on yeah. I still have like about two months worth of work before that shit comes out. Yeah. I'm excited for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but gender. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't fucking know. I, I remember like maybe I'd say like six months ago or something, you were telling me how like serious your uh, bottom dysphoria uh was do you fucking awful yeah it's just getting worse really um i didn't used to have it and it's the kind of thing that i don't want yeah because at the beginning like when we started this podcast like the one of the big differences within our forms of dysphoria was that i had bottom dysphoria and you didn't yeah um i no it's gotten fucking awful um i think part of it is like i mean i've gone a really long time like it's getting close to a year now where i've only fucked like one or two people yeah Um, which is very uncommon (laughs) (laughs) um 
And uh, I think a big part of it is like, I am just so uncomfortable with everything about my masculinity. Yeah. Um, And it's gotten to the point where I like am seriously wondering if I am a woman. Mm. Um, And like, there were times when I would like sit in the mall. Like I, there was one time during Christmas that I just like sat on my lunch break and like didn't eat and just like sat near the sad fucking Christmas tree and like thought like I'm a woman. Mm. That's expensive. That's never going to (laughs) happen. Who the fuck has time to be a woman? Oh man. I, Uh, (laughs) I hate that, that like, that is really relatable. Like, yeah. yeah. I, I remember you texting me that, <laughs> texting me like, no one has the fucking time to be a woman. <laughs> and it's, it's very so true. Much. It's very true. It's like, at this point, I have a receding hairline. Like, I, like, I'm not good at half-assing everything. And I don't think that I could half-ass, like, transition. And, yeah. like, I like I would want to, like, full GG gorgeous. Yeah. Like, my life i did not know Gigi gorgeous was trans until like three days ago really yeah oh my god i've followed her for like years yeah um, i i only like recently learned of her because like several people like several youtubers that i follow on instagram went to her wedding and i love so Gigi. On, but um yeah i like, I don't know. Like, honestly, at this point, there's a very solid, like, like, I joke about it all the time. I was just like, oh, from 20 years, I'm a woman. You know what the fuck happened? And, yeah. like, I just genuinely don't know. And, like, a big part of that is, like, to me, that's the desperation of wanting to become a musician is that I want the money. <laughs> yeah. Like, I want to be able to have the option to be a woman if I want to. Yeah. Um, and I fully in the particular know. way that you want to do it as well. Yes. Yeah. Which unfortunately for me, I have a very like gender normative view of what it is to be a yeah. woman and what it like, like, I just, I'm so afraid of being ugly. And like, for me in my most like depressed moments, like what I feel is massive. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like my shoulders are massive and that my face is massive and that my stomach is massive and that my legs are massive and that I'm just, I'm so big and like oafish and yeah. large and take up so much space. And yeah. all that I want to Women's do is clothes like, just like, <laughs> Jesus, yeah. like just accentuate that feeling. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. No, that's been a bit of the reason why I haven't like worn that part of it is that I got an office job and now I have to dress like a dude. Um, and, uh, which is very great on dysphoria. (laughs) Um, yeah. And, uh, like a big part of it is like just going really fucking bald. Mm -hmm. Um, like I, that like to me, like it's been like the kiss of death of like, ah, I'll never like no one will ever like, I'm already going to be a like suspiciously large woman. Like I like how I, yeah, keep going. Yeah. Like, it's like the kiss of death. Like, I'm like, it's just like, why? Like, why do I even try at this point? Like, I'm so old and I'm so large and I'm so, like, bald. And, like, I just, like, I am so, like, I realize that it's internalized transphobia. Like, it is 100% internalized of transphobia. Of seeing, like, um, trans women that, like, aren't passing and, like, uh, like there's that fear of being perceived the same way and as harshly as I perceive them. 
um and i realize that it's horrible but i can't fucking shake myself of it and like i have this like like thing and like like smart people aren't supposed to think this much about how pretty they are Mm -hmm. um and like i like people have told me that i'm smart and they probably shouldn't have and (laughs) why do i think so much about being pretty and like my idea of being pretty is horrible i gender normative i think uh that idea that smart people uh don't think about their looks is very stupid um because like smart people are people too like like people inherently think about the effect that they have on others to some extent unless like uh, mental illnesses and so on but um yeah what i was gonna say uh three quick three quick things um I worry about that, uh, the hair uh, shit all the time. And I would talk to my doctor about it. And my doctor is uh, pretty much the only doctor in this area that deals with trans people. And um, he, like, helped me find certain things and so on. But, like, the thing is um, a lot of the things that could help me with hair growth uh could have effects on uh on like uh your sex drive and my sex drive is already being killed by my goddamn like antidepressants so i so there's that fear of just like what the fuck happens when you pile it all on and shit um the next thing is uh, you for sure, and I, I think anyone who listens to our podcast would love this book, uh, Nevada by Imogen Binney. I've, I've told you about this book, but uh, it's the story of a trans uh, woman in New York. Um, she's in her late 20s, early 30s, I think, and um, she... Essentially, later on in the book, she meets a person uh, who, uh, like, male passing person who um, was a lot like her when she was younger. And there's that feeling of, like, wanting to help that person realize who they are and everything. Um, but, yeah, it's... we. We think about it constantly. Like, it, it's not something that we can avoid, I don't yeah. think. Um, I wish there was kind of a way uh, to do it. But one of the things within that book uh, that they talk about is uh, especially um, the main character deals with wanting to get, like, uh, particular surgeries and so on. Um, which I it seems to be something that you've thought about. Uh, there was one more thing. I don't remember, but whatever. What the fuck? Um, yeah, I, I recently bought a book called Trans by Jack Halberstram, uh, who I remember we read something by Jack, um, for our queer theory class. Uh, or, uh, but by the name Judith Halberstram. And um, it's a really interesting book uh, kind of looking at 
what our perceptions of transness is and um it's also uh jack wrote the queer art of failure and um it makes me constantly think about like what you were saying about uh people who don't necessarily pass and so on um but even if you pass from from what I read and so on, even if you pass, you're failing in some way. Like it is inherent within the within being human, but also within being queer, that you are failing at something. Um, and I think part of it is becoming aware of that failure and becoming okay with that failure. So. But I, I totally understand that fear. Yeah. No, it's gripping. It's uh it's really, really intoxicating and painful and like honestly, like being like queer in your sexuality is fucking lit. It's amazing. Being mm-hmm. trans kinda fucking sucks. Like Yeah. I I'm not gonna lie, being trans kinda fucking sucks. And uh, especially because sometimes like like I think for me, I don't know how much of something is for myself or it is for other people as far as uh, like, what do you mean? Like um, making sure that I'm doing something that codes me as genderqueer or codes me as queer or something like uh, just doing enough work. So that, like, I get the type of, uh, like, that I get the pronouns that I want or so on. Yeah, yeah. ContraPoints has the phrase, um, like, throwing glitter spaghetti at myself. Yeah. Like, I, like, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah, there's that issue of how much are you doing actually for yourself and how much are you doing for other people? Yeah. Well, yeah, like, if I get misgendered, it ruins my fucking day. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I don't know. I, I think like, I don't know whether or not I have a physical tick when, when, (laughs) don't worry about it. Um, I don't know whether or not I have a physical tick that happens when someone misgenders me because I, I think it's very obvious on my face. Um, but I don't think, I think other people are too oblivious to, to, to realize, uh, how much that kind of affects me. But I'm especially talking about older people who are like slowly coming to terms with uh, understanding the uh, pronouns and so on, but whatever. Now the whole process of like coming out to everybody all the time yeah when they don't care and i don't care for them to care is exhausting you you saw that tweet that uh summer tweeted about uh coming out constantly yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. uh where she she tweeted about coming out to the person that had been cutting their grass and stuff and uh it's just like it's a never-ending battle. Like, we got to keep doing this until we fucking die. And that hey. sucks. Love that. Yeah. Love that journey. Yeah. What I did want to take a moment to say is um, thank you to everyone who has either tweeted at us or um, emailed us. Uh, 
telling us that they like the podcast or that they want more episodes or so on um because and also like reviews on uh itunes which we have reviews on itunes and if you have not reviewed us on itunes please do um but like it's it's honestly been fueling like especially for me i've been in this artistic crisis and i go back and read those things and realize that like we've done something that helps people even though like we all we do is just like blab at each other for with mics in front of our faces but um yeah thank you to uh everyone who has like sent anything uh we were fucking included in um in a uh article once about genderqueer podcasts and shit nice. and i did not know that until recently when i googled us so <laughs> yeah i haven't really googled the podcast like i have i am completely oblivious as to like how the podcast is doing yeah like i've well like it, we haven't had an episode since this year began so yeah, yeah. <laughs> So as far as like uh, listenership, uh, I don't know how we're doing, but Consistent. everything else, yeah, yeah. I think like I think what we knew from the beginning with this is that we weren't gonna have a big group of people who liked it, but the people who liked it like it like it a lot, and yeah. I appreciate that. I mean, that's all you can hope for. Yeah, hope for, and I like. I love listening to other people talk about thing like I like it's the most helpful thing for me in being trans to hear other trans people talk about being trans. Yeah. And like just in living a life that's not in college. Yeah. You never talk about this shit. Yeah. Like I like you don't have people the fucking time to talk about queer theory trans and I like like we <laughs> never talk about it. Like yeah. I like I think um, Gemini are like we're, we're both non-binary and like we hardly ever talk about it and it's so great to hear someone talk about it for a long ass time why do you think that is why why do you think that happens um like just in general life uh yeah yeah why don't people talk about it well for me i'm a recluse and Mm -hmm. i do not like giving people information about myself yeah um which is ironic having a podcast yeah um, I'm a recluse. Essentially, I, yeah. I have the podcast and I force you to be yeah. on it. <laughs> I'm glad to be on it. Yeah. Um, I'm really, really reclusive. I really do not like showing people who I am. Yeah. Um, I really, um, don't have a high, uh, empathy for most people. Um, so it's partially that and that like, I don't care enough about other people to like be vulnerable to them. Um, and I think it's also just like, you're so busy and so tired and like at work, like you're doing your job. Like I'm not going to sit around like that. It's really hard to start having a conversation about like, gender or my family and like something that and then somebody interrupts with a phone call and like you have to take a bunch of phone calls and come back to it later and you've lost train of thought so it's like Mm -hmm. it's hard to hold a steady conversation 
Um, so the times that you do that is drunk afterwards. Yeah. And I don't get drunk afterwards. <laughs> I like I stay. You've home. stopped doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I like. I am so excessively peopled out that I uh-huh. like I cannot deal with. I understand that social with the interaction. type of work that you do. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's another reason why I like want to do music is that I want my job to be interacting with people who are like into the same things that I am. Mm-hmm. Um, that way I'm not so horribly peopled out like, yeah. all the time. And I, I like, I have you enjoy time. the time that you have with yeah. people. Cause I didn't used to be like that. Like when I was at Truman with people who like had similar interests to me and similar values to me, I'm a narcissist. Uh, like, uh, like, I really genuinely enjoyed being around people and I was yeah. tired from school and I had done a lot of things and I was over it and like emotionally exhausted, but I loved being around people. So I think I'm just around the wrong people. Yeah. Um, something that I was recently, I've been going through a kick of listening to podcasts that talk about empathy <laughs> <laughs> and something interesting uh, that's a trend currently is Um, people, especially in our generation, it's not that we don't have empathy. It is that we have more, that we are very selective with where we put our empathy chips. So, like, we put them toward people that are like us or that hold similar values to us um, and not to uh, a fascist person or something like that. Like, um, it's more of a self-preservation aspect. Uh, Empathy tends to be. Um, So, which... Yes, uh, it's understandable with the times that we live in right now, but also you do need to sometimes like reach out there. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think it's also been good. Like I like it has been good for me to be around mostly people who aren't like me and that I've kind of learned not to be so spiky. Yeah. Like um, you, you learn how to like, win people over Mm -hmm. rather than like alienate them right away because i like that 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 i feel is a very useful skill as an adult yeah when you grow up um it's um like it's very understandable this whole stereotype of like college kids are so annoying because they're little fucking know-it-alls and correcting Mm -hmm. everybody in the queer police and like it is really annoying honestly like 22 year olds are really fucking annoying um but (laughs) Uh, I like, teach them now, so yes. Yes. <laughs> and 18 um, year olds think they know the world. But just thinking about back to when I was 22, like I had just been introduced to yeah. all of this new stuff. Like I had just come to terms with we this. We made the I same was, mistakes. Yeah, I was so defensive and so convinced that I was right about everything. And so, like, like it was all so new new to me that I hadn't been able to build up the nuance. And I think you it's a lot it. of pressure to give a yeah. 22 year old to not be annoying. Yeah. Like you kind of have to be a little yeah. bit you're, annoying. You're supposed to yeah. not know things and be annoying and yeah. ask questions. And yeah, like that is what you do at that age. Yeah. No, it's a, uh, 
I don't that's know. That's what I, I still yeah. do now, but it's <laughs> like quieter. <laughs> I mean, honestly, same. Like anybody starts talking about Trump and at work and I'm like, I mm. can't No, please yeah. stop. Like I like you do not understand that I'm not in any regards me, balanced it's, about it's this. It's like um, I'll I'll get a paper uh, and it is uh, it talks about Trump in a in a particular light and. I have to grade that paper and then I have to be like, okay, I have to put certain things aside and look purely at how is this written? Not, not what is this trying to tell me? Um, because yeah, like, and, and I think I'm thinking about it. Professors must've done that with me. Like, like, me being overly anarchist or whatever in certain uh, respects, like oh my god, another story about a fucking hooker. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, you just have to pay it forward, and you also have to like, you have to put certain like you have to choose which battles you're gonna fight. So yeah, I am not. I do not hide my politics when I teach. Uh, I think it's very obvious to my students that I'm quite liberal. So, um, but that that's something about like my work is uh, I interact with people as well, but in a very different uh, respect. And also all eyes are on me for like an hour and a half and I have to figure out what the fuck I'm doing up there. And I, I like it because like there's that teaching and they're not the teaching. There's the acting aspect that I really enjoy because I, I've always enjoyed acting, teaching my, um, my poetry workshop this past semester. Like that was so much fucking fun. Um, but you also have like it's not only that energy but you also have to like balance that with are they getting what they need to get like are they progressing in a particular way and I do care about it but it is sometimes at the end of the day it's really hard to to be like I, I need to care that this student isn't progressing as well when I, so many other things in my life might be causing problems and everything, but I do need to put that energy into that student. And it is, it's difficult. And I don't think anyone ever was very honest with me about that. I think I've seen it. I think I've seen it enacted but i don't think anyone was just like that's going to happen Mm. yeah no are you tired of holding up your microphone (laughs) yeah no it's really cool seeing like you become a professor yeah it's a it's a very interesting dynamic um of like like you've always had leadership in you Mm -hmm. like um you were an essay for like forever and which yeah. is very strange still i still think about that <laughs> that i was and i'm RA, like yeah. why the fuck was well, sebastian but you like the you thing. have a good sense of authority that doesn't feel 
tyrannical. Yeah, it it's just like I don't I don't want to be the authority. Um and I think that's kind of obvious to some people. Um but it's it's the same reason why I'm interested in library sciences now. It, like with uh being an RA, it is as far as like my uh ideals, I think that humans work best and are best to each other when in small communities helping each other and being aware of what their actions do to other people um and also i think it what matters is uh how we take care of each other and that we care about each other and that is how i think about teaching and that's how i think about that that form of leadership um you have a very mature sense of authority i guess so but at the end of the day i don't want to answer emails (laughs) 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 if if i could do all the teaching stuff but not answer emails oh that would be great Hmm. Because don't get me wrong, I'll get like three three a.m. emails from students with things that are obviously on the syllabus, and I'm just like, Ugh, I can't, <laughs> I can't. Yeah. <laughs> yep, I keep getting emails in my M basket of people being like, "Did you mean to put me on hold?" And I'm like, "Yes, I'm dumb." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, emails are the worst. I didn't understand. Ugh. Anything else you want to say? Like anything else on your mind? Not really. Mostly yeah. that I missed this. Yeah. yeah. I I yeah, I'm having a lot of fun. Yeah. Like I think one thing that I was thinking about before you got here was um I remember how last year uh and part of this year like we were talking about how we didn't want like every moment of our friendship to be just on the podcast or whatever, because like we wanted to make sure that our connection was like strong outside of the podcast. Um, but also like right now I'm fine with milking our relationship purely for the podcast, because I think it gives us a, it gives us like a a reason to hang out and yeah. it makes it feel somewhat productive. It makes it feel like we're doing something. Yeah. I think we both have a workaholic mentality. Yeah. 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 It's like, yeah. how can I make this into something that yeah. like other people, people can see? Them. Well, like it's the same, like pretty much the only people that I hang out with on a consistent basis are like Gemma and Elena. Yeah. Um, because we're in a band together yeah. it's killing two birds with one stone like i am working towards my career goals um and getting artistic it's really killing three birds with one stone it's getting anger out it's yeah um working towards my career goals and also like hanging out with friends who i love very very much um and i think that's just kind of the kind of people that we are yeah, yeah. um and i feel like i feel a lot closer to you whenever we're doing the podcast mm-hmm and I don't like not being close to you. I think it's because like we're recording something and we have to like be listening to each other. <laughs> like yeah. we have to like actively be listening to each other. It's a good exercise. Yeah. I like I genuinely learned a lot from the podcast in active listening. Mm-hmm. Um cuz like 
having to listen back to myself and see like how much I was not listening to you yeah. was really painful. I <laughs> one thing that I taught myself was um and it's a thing that I still use like at parties especially when people are getting drunk is uh when someone's telling a story and then they get sidetracked and uh and uh, some and they keep going and I will in my mind like bookmark Mark. the original thing and I'll be like, Hey, could you go back and talk about the, your grandfather? Because I really wanted to know where that was going. Like, yeah. like I, I still do that because like, I, I remember the first few episodes of this podcast. I taught myself how to do that. I yeah. like, I was like trying to slowly figure that out. So yeah, for me, it's just like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up shut the fuck up and then that's what i've learned yeah is to shut the fuck it's, up it's i'm i'm happy that we can do this like one one of the reasons why i want to do this kind of more in a just milking our friendship or whatever is because like um i listened to the podcast uh, tw- uh 12 hour day with uh jd and someone else jd and someone else i don't remember but if you look up 12 hour pot uh 12 hour day you'll you'll find it and it's such a good podcast uh because it is two friends just talking for 12 hours and by hour like seven they're talking about the weirdest fucking shit (laughs) And like, it's like the a first sleepover. Yeah. The first few yeah. hours are just like, Hey, what, what's the f- movies that you've seen recently or whatever. But by like hour eight or nine, they're just like, my, my dad doesn't like me as much as I want him to. <laughs> <laughs> not, not necessarily, but that's kind of how I imagine yeah. it. And, um, it, I, I think there's something to be said about just enjoying that chemistry and that, uh, that looseness yeah so. yeah but it's weird finding shared interests yeah. that you did not know that other people had mm-hmm. one thing i still want us to talk about uh call me by your name at some point <laughs> um because uh, i i recently watched the movie and th- don't get me wrong it's too fucking long um but i i think i i'm I really want to talk to you about it. I just like, it's another super sexual movie about gay men. Don't get me wrong. Yes. I agree with all of that. Like my personal hell is a gay cruise. (laughs) Like (laughs) I cannot imagine being around a bunch of horny shirtless gay men. Like that's what's scary to me about (laughs) going to pride. Like, yeah, same. Yeah. I don't enjoy it. Yeah. that much to be honest it's, it's like if yeah. i'm hanging out with like women and non-binary people then i enjoy the fuck out of pride but if i'm hanging out with cis gay dudes like i fucking hate my life every second of it mm-hmm. um i yeah i so for me something that cushions the blow is like Superjan stevens writing to like uh, having like songs on it and it being beautiful for that reason um, and almost winning an Oscar. Uh, but <laughs> sigh. sigh. Who won that year? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Keep I going. don't remember who fucking won. Uh, I just know that that performance of him doing it and uh, St. Vincent 
on the same stage. Ugh. I, I, I watch that at least once a month. It's so beautiful. <laughs> I love St. Vincent. I remember when I saw it for the first time and I was like, oh, that's Antonio and me. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, it literally is. St. Yeah. Vincent is like one of my biggest fucking yeah. influences as a guitarist. Yeah. Like she's a huge reason why I picked up the guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like I told you uh, before, the ending of the movie is what really makes it different to me um, from all of the other types of, uh, of those films. Um, so yeah, I, I want to talk about it and it, yeah, I just want to know what you think about it. So I need to watch it. Yeah. Kyle wants to watch it. So like, yeah, we're going to have to watch it. It at didn't some make point. me horny, sure but like, like very few things make me actively horny. <laughs> uh, things make me horny, but I like at this point, it's just like, no, yeah. stop. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like that is my attitude to my sexuality right now. Like it's just mostly, I just, yeah, no, like I have the opportunity and the dude, like I've, I've like flaked. 65 billion times and i reserve the right to flake as yeah, much as i fucking course. want to um and uh at this point like most people don't talk to me on grinder because uh-huh. they know how much i flake um and uh i'm like, surprised you still like like how uh, okay not that you spend time on there but like i'm interested how much time daily like average do you spend on grinder half an hour that's way way less than before yeah because i I remember like two years ago you were on there like most of the time yeah i like if i have a day off like then i will probably be on grinder like most of the day yeah um but you most just of the don't time, have the time for it like for me i'm looking for cringy conversations yeah. like i am looking for um like the dude that's just like you act like a rich person or like yeah. really creepy old men or like yeah like at this point i'm just like looking for any sort of stimulus and the stimulus isn't there because people are like relatively normal mostly if um if you want to like see and read a lot of like weird shit from grinder follow uh whooping cough on twitter <laughs> it is uh enjoyable it's one of the few things i still like look at on twitter <laughs> um i i'll still look at your your tweets uh summer's tweets and uh um, i love summer's tweets who else al al yeah for sure uh there's there's an artist jenny odell wh- who i like a lot um, she mostly tweets about birds and it's very enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. For me, it's like Al, Gemelina, you, Vic, mm-hmm. uh, Summer. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm leaving out. Oh, um, uh, Infinite Screaming. Mm, yeah. Yeah. What, what is it? It's, it's something else. Endless Screaming or something like that. Yeah. I think I know I what don't know. you're talking about. I love it. It just like screams uh, all the time. The, the milkman, the... Yeah, 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 yeah. Sam. Sam. Yeah. I, I like Sam a lot. I Me also too. read <laughs> what Sam posts. Yeah, I love Sam. Um, 
Yeah, nah. I still love Twitter. Yeah. I think it's great. Um, I've stepped back on it, though. I need to step back into it mostly to get the the two projects I have uh, up and going. Like right yeah. now, real quick for any of you who are still listening to this, <laughs> um, I'm starting a poetry zine called Toothpick Poetry, and um, essentially it it's for poems that are very thin <laughs> and, and tall. <laughs> And I'm not going to lie. I've written a couple and like, I hate all of them. Oh, really? But the prompt please. itself was very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Please, please, please write, write something. I want to, okay. I want to publish it I'll so bad. Send them to you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you can decide. Yeah. The, the thing is like, it's a great prompt. Yeah. It's so it's a normal sheet of paper, but it's put in half. The idea is that like the zine's going to be, uh, kind of like skinny and tall. And, um, I I just like I'm interested to see what people can do with that kind of like physical uh, parameters. And um, also what I've realized uh, throughout this past year, I'm not as interested in being published as I am in publishing other people. Um, Producer. Yeah. Yeah. That that kind of thing. I, I think it's partially because um I, there's a lot of really fun stuff that's happening that, um, I think needs to be seen and isn't being read. And, uh, I think that's why like anyone becomes an editor or whatever, uh, or that should be the reason why people become editors. Um, but yeah, so like, please check that out. Toothpick poetry. Uh, you can find it on my email or my email. <laughs> you can find it uh, on my website, sgmaldonadovelez.com, which is also new and brings like it's it's I'm very proud of that email <laughs> or that fucking so website. <laughs> old also, you might as well just check out my email. I'll leave it open for you. <laughs> Please reply to everything yeah, within 24 please, hours. Please answer everyone's fucking emails to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Hopefully we do this sometime soon. I think we will. Yeah. Yeah. If if you uh, keep emailing us, uh, the dear public, about it, I'll I'll try to get Antonio to do another Just one. Just nag me. Like, yeah. Nag me like, like no other, and eventually I'll get over yeah, here. Yeah, do do it on fucking Twitter. Like, go at oh, it. Oh yeah, no, Twitter's the only thing that I see. So if you want me yeah. to like feel like, because it only took one tweet for me to be like, mm-hmm. okay, cool, let's we do another do episode yeah. of like a rando. Um, so thank you so much for that person who tweeted at us. That's literally the reason this is happening. Yeah. So yeah, and also. uh you know, write comments and shit on iTunes. I read that shit and it keeps me going. <laughs> I probably will now. <laughs> All right. See you soon. Love ya. Bye. Make good decisions. If you don't make them, don't name them after me. <laughs> <laughs>